Welcome to Appalachian Shine, the official podcast for the Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. And if you're listening to this, then consider yourself a part of the team. Stick around and let's shine a light on all things Appalachia. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Appalachian Shine, the official podcast here at the Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. I'm your usual host, JC, and uh, we've been away for a few weeks. We did our last show in late December, and we took a few weeks off to kind of catch our breath through the holidays. We hope everybody had a great uh, new year, and uh, 2022 has kicked off hopefully a lot better than the last couple of years have, have certainly been. And today we, we have a guest on with us by the name of Damian Matthews. And some of you may know Damien because uh, Damien has been incredibly active all through Southwest Virginia, parts, I think, of North Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, a you're, a writer. you're a writer, Damien, and uh, you have so much else going on. Uh, Damien Matthews, a Southern writer who knows what goes bump in the night. Hey, thanks for stopping by the podcast today, Damien. How have you been? I'm doing great, JC. How are you doing, man? Oh, well, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm glad 2022 is here and. Um, kind of like like a, a fellow writer, got projects I'm working on and things with the foundation that we're that we're trying to push forward. Got a new board member and just some hopefully some more exciting times. And as we move out of this pandemic, uh, more busy times. So uh, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Damien. You you we've known each other. I, I, we've probably known each other since maybe a year or two before the pandemic actually hit through the Appalachian yeah, Authors yeah. Guild. And yeah, I remember the first time I think I met you was at the um, at, a, at a, a function over at the library in Abingdon, and that's where I picked up uh, Tales of the Mysterious and Macabre that you had written. Yeah, tell yeah. tell us a little bit about uh, a little bit about your work, and I guess how you got started off with the uh, with the Tales of the Mysterious and Macabre. Sure. Um, so I have always been fascinated by literature. Uh, the written word is a huge passion for me, which is why I started writing and ultimately teaching as well. Uh, but I kind of started out, uh, I would write sequels to my favorite books or movies where there weren't sequels and that eventually branched into some original ideas. Um, my first novel hit me like a ton of bricks in high school, actually. Um, I started writing this vampire novel and it's, it's my novel Maverick that was just released earlier this year, last year, rather, excuse me, it was released in uh, 2020, or excuse me, 2021. Gosh, I'm getting these years mixed up. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was released in 2021. Um, and it is, it kind of places the, the classic old, angry, rage-filled vampires right here in our Appalachian Mountains, and it gives them a, a new story, a new base, a new reason to exist, basically. So that's kind of where my writing comes from is I am fascinated with horror and the supernatural and the paranormal. And I love 
twisting those things and making them my own, usually by throwing them here in the mountains. Um, and that's where my Tales of the Mysterious and the Macabre comes in. Uh, I wrote that as a series of short stories and poems with some little vignettes and anecdotes about my experience growing up here in the mountains. Most of those come with a kind of a preface telling where my inspiration comes from and where I planned for that story to go. Um, and that one was published in, gosh, 2018. And that's just my short story and poetry collection. Yeah, yeah that's one, one thing that was certainly so unique. Um, when, I, when I bought the book that day, and I had, a, I had a table there as well, I was sitting probably close by to you. And I was just kind of thumbing through, and I thought it was so unique the way it was laid out because very seldom do you see, except maybe in an anthology by an author's guild, short stories, poetry, essays, everything, a collage of everything, um, let alone the writer being willing enough to say, hey, here's where the inspiration came from. Because seldom does anyone ever talk about that unless they're pressed to a question in a in an interview or in a you know, newspaper or magazine or something like that. Um, right. But you were really, really open in that book. It, was, it reminded me a lot of that, that quote from uh, Hemingway. Um, Being a writer is easy. All you have to do is sit down at the typewriter and bleed. I feel that in my soul, Jason. You, know, <laughs> you, you were just like, it was an open book like of why I did this. I, I thought it was kind of unique. And, and you, don't, you don't see that very often. So that, 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 that struck me uh, that was incredibly an interesting way to lay out a book that day. Now, after yeah, you finished with the, with the Tales of the Mysterious, which, by the way, here in these mountains, we have no shortage of tall tales, legends, lore, and, and things that go bump in the night. Uh, so, like, the inspiration is almost limitless here in these mountains. And uh, Absolutely. Now, you, you're from just down the I, I don't know where you live now, but you're you're from Tazewell, which is just the other end of the county where I live uh, yeah. in Richlands. So um, are you, do you still live in Tazewell or, um, or elsewhere? Uh, right now I'm living in Cleveland, Virginia. So about 45 minutes to an hour away from, from my hometown, you know. Uh, so it's, I still get that, that mountain feel. I'm still near the classic Appalachian history and the coal camps, the culture that basically made me who I am. So um, I feel like I, if anything, being a little further outside of city limits, I can kind of embrace that a bit more even. Yeah. So people who don't know where Cleveland is at, go to Lebanon, Virginia, and take a hard turn into the mountains for just a little piece. And then a little piece is like, you know, country mile, whatever we want to call it here. Right. And then you're back in Cleveland. But So you, you'd be, be near Lebanon. But beautiful country back there. Absolutely, uh, yeah. A lot, a lot of wide open spaces. Now, after you finished uh, Tales of the Mysterious and Macabre, um, I noticed you had another uh, a work that you had written, which doesn't take place in Southwest Virginia or in the mountains here, but it was uh, it's called a reservoir. Um, this was a little bit more of a deeper dive into a little bit of like a darker story. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, so reservoir uh, that was actually the second short story that I ever finished writing. It just called to me one day, and ironically enough. It was based on the Jules Verne quote. Um, I can't remember exactly how it goes. It was through the sea, so to speak, that the earth began, I think is exactly how the quote goes. Um, and that, that quote just spoke to me and it resonated with me. And I started seeing these bits and pieces of 
what if there was a thing that just awoke in the ocean and it didn't know what it was or why it was and it saw things around it and it wanted to mimic them and in essence it is kind of a classic mimic story but it also to me was just this vast improvisation of evolution this thing woke up in the gulf of mexico and before it knows what's happening it is on a beach uh, somewhere in an undescribed location uh, so that was one of the only things i've written that didn't have necessarily an appalachian tie to it but i still feel still feel comfortable saying that it can resonate with our appalachian monsters in its own way but don't ask me to explain that because i'll get lost myself <laughs> Now, you uh, recently um, had another, I love the cover of this book called Moonlight. Um, first of all, who does your cover art on this? That's, that's an incredible cover. Actually, I've done all of my cover art. Oh, wow, okay. For Tales of the Mysterious and the Macabre, it's just a photo that I took in just, just the backwoods. I found a, a, a shack and took a photo and modified it to make a cover. Uh, Moonlight, I took some some old images that I had had worked up and kind of modified them and altered them a bit with Maverick. I just did the same thing and same with uh, Journey to the Winterlands. So all of those were just, I feel like I tried to tie most of them into the story in some way to make them make sense, but I'm not as good as I would like to be with my covers, but I, I do appreciate that you you found interest in that one. <laughs> oh, that that was I thought that was a really interesting one. Now, like the wolf eyes below the full moon. Um, people can go to your website and actually look at the cover, or actually, you're all over Amazon too. And I, th I think this this book was was this your first exploration into a full length novel? It was, yeah. It was the first novel that I got published. And that one came out in uh, December of 2020. Okay. Yeah, that uh, and that's on Amazon, and uh, and they're reasonably priced too. The paperback twenty bucks, the Kindle nine ninety nine. Um, so uh, yeah, if you if you have Kindle, you know definitely pick those up. I love reading on my Kindle. Um, now, what else are you working on right now, as far as future works? So right now, uh, it's it's interesting that you brought Moonlight up. Um, I actually just finished the sequel to Moonlight. I finished it uh, about a week ago. It ended up being a little over, I think, 92,000 words. Or wow, that's a, 000. that's a heavy book. That's a hefty book right there. Yeah. Well, that's before edits. So let's hope we can weed a little bit out and see if, if uh, we can alter some things. Um, and then I also just started a sequel to my most recent novel, uh, Journey to the Winterlands, which is the uh, Shadow Slayer saga, which is my... Uh, export into fantasy that's that's going to be the only other thing so far that doesn't take place in the Appalachian Mountains but kind of has my tweaked version of them in its own little world <laughs> okay now you you wrote another um book that I th this was this was a pretty heavy undertaking too uh this was probably almost 600 pages uh Maverick yes am I saying that properly yeah yeah now that's yeah, that's that, the back roads here in Virginia this is a this is another dark novel. Um, th this tells a little bit about this one because this was we're talking about vampire lore here in the mountains. Yeah, so Maverick is one of the my favorite stories I've ever gotten to work with. Uh, it is it's the the one I told you that kind of came to me in in high school. It took me about ten years to write, 
everything. It was originally intended to be three novels, but my first two were shorter than I, I felt comfortable publishing them alone. So I threw those together into the first book, Maverick. And uh, it, it puts us in a small town that may or may not be loosely based on Tazewell, where I grew up. <laughs> and uh, it throws our, our heroine, uh, my main character is actually uh, a very strong and uh, forceful, not necessarily aggressive, but forceful uh, female sheriff who just absolutely runs the show in this town. Uh, Maverick is the name of the town. And we have our vampires who come in and it starts kind of slow. We have a buildup of um, some, some mysterious murders and bodies showing up. And then all out war breaks loose. We see some familiar faces within history coming in. And uh, essentially, I go back and retell the vampire legend from its uh, origin with this book. And... Um, it does sort of end in a cliffhanger. The sequel to that one is ready to go. It just needs another edit as well. Um, but yeah, that uh, that has been my favorite thing to work on because I, I'm huge into vampires. That That's my absolute draw into most supernatural and paranormal exploits is some kind of vampirism is going to be my main, uh, main interest there. All right, I want to test your savvy here. The uh, Twilight Saga or the Lost Boys? Oh, absolutely, Lost Boys. <laughs> Thank <Always>. you. <laughs> I See, saw... Not to disparage on another author because, I mean, you know, you have a mighty blessing when you have millions of followers behind you regardless of the status of your work. But if I'm ever feeling a little down on my vampires, I'll go watch a Twilight movie and feel like I am Stephen King and Poe mixed into one. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know it's uh, it's so funny. I just saw just a handful of weeks ago this funny meme on Facebook, and it had like the two characters there from Twilight, and then like standing behind them was that guy Blade from the <laughs> Wesley Snipes from the movie Blade. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it said the ending we all wished for. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, I know my, my I have uh, my niece loves those movies though the you know the, the Twilight and all that. But uh, yeah, I was but you know growing up in the in the 80s and 90s it was lost boys all day long hey, i did want to ask you a couple of questions here about um about your just just the process i guess there's so many places around here and that you you can visit just for like peace and quiet and solemn and uh, and it's also very inspirational and I, there's a couple of places for me around here locally um but uh, where, where's do you have any locations like that where you just go and be in the moment and then be let the creativity come to you yeah i've got uh, several of those actually um and i've lived i lived in tazewell county now i'm in russell county and i lived in uh, wise and washington counties so basically I've, I've covered the gamut here in southwest virginia um and when i was in in college in wise i would go to flag rock and high knob a lot and just being able to see basically the entire area laid out before you. I think in at High Knob, I'm pretty sure you can see three or five states if visibility is clear enough. Yeah. So just being able to see that magnitude, it just kind of draws all the inspiration right in. Um, 
And when I lived in Washington County, I was driving on a back road and I found this little old Baptist church, just beautiful, put aside on just in a, a curve on a back road. I pulled over into the parking lot. I'm pretty sure I wrote about four chapters because it just hit me all at once. So any of those places that kind of help you get away from, not necessarily get away from modernization, but just the 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 muck of life I like to say it, it really can draw inspiration from or, or you can usually draw inspiration from just being in the middle of nature and I'll sometimes go walk in the woods or sit in the woods um, the wetlands uh, at exit seven in Bristol actually that they're a gorgeous place if you can't really get away into you know deep mountains that's a, a beautiful place to go and relax and get some inspiration as well I haven't, I haven't been there yet, um, but uh, I used to live in Washington County and Abingdon for a few years, not far from South Holston Dam. So I would like to, I used to go there and just sit by the water. And that was one of those. And I still do. Like anytime I'm, I'm going through there and I don't have anybody with me and I have time, I, you know, because I, by the time you exit, the time you turn off in Bristol to go back to the back road, you know, where you can go into the dam and then come out of Abbey, then you're, you're really saying, Hey, I have to have an hour and a half to kill. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, but it's, but it's so beautiful back there and it's worth the time just to have 15 minutes. And yeah, uh, um, White Top Mountain is another place. I mean, you talk yeah. about a, a Thoreau type experience going to White Top Mountain and it's like the clouds are right on you. It's just beautiful. Yeah, one of my, my favorite days I've spent in the last handful of years uh, it was Columbus Day, and I worked at a library, so I was off work, and uh, I'm pretty sure this was 2019. Um, I rode to Whitetop, I actually hit Subway in Abingdon on the way out and grabbed some food for the day and drove up to Whitetop, and I think I got there around noon, and I went to one of the campsites that is set up for the trail hikers that come through yeah. there. And I gathered some wood and I sat there from about noon to about 1030 at night. I built a fire when the sun went down and I just wrote and read. And it was just a beautiful, gorgeous day. So, yeah. White um, and, uh, yeah, for some of the writing you do, I would really imagine you probably had quite a few of those Thoreau type experiences. Just, I guess, say convening with nature in a way. But, but that's what we all do. I mean, that's, that's one of the most beautiful things about where we're from. I mean, I've traveled... I, not extensively, but I know people who have traveled have done that dream trip I have to drive cross country and they get back here to these mountains and say, this is still the most beautiful place they have seen. Absolutely. And, you know, they've been through Montana and Wyoming, Oregon. And, I mean, and those, those places all have their charm, but these mountains, it's like a nice warm hug when you get home. You know, these, these mountains are, they're hard, right? They all traditionally and, and historically, but they're a shelter too. And, uh, and, and, it, and it's kind of nice to have that dual feeling. Um, Absolutely. And uh, that's one thing that, uh, that's one thing I love about supporting regional writers. And sometimes you get a really good gem written in a story and you feel that, you know, when you, when you read it about just about how important the terrain itself is. And it's kind of spiritual in a way too. Yeah. Now you're teaching, you're teaching also, this is something I wanted uh, folks to know about because you're, you're doing some uh, seminars going forward for the next few months in conjunction with is it Southwest Community College? 
Yeah, yes, yeah, so from Southwest um, doing some community outreach workshops. Um, and what they do with Southwest is they kind of have uh, a lot of workshops available for people who aren't necessarily enrolled in the college, don't want to enroll, but still want to do uh, some kind of art involvement. And right now they're doing creative writing courses. They're doing some art courses, uh, some cooking classes. I think there's a leather workshop that they've started. There are several different things that they are doing. And that is through a program that's called Living in, or Living in Southwest Virginia. And uh, you can get to that website directly from them, just sw.edu slash living in Southwest Virginia with dashes between all those words. Okay. Um, and we have just tons of things that are that are planned. And I'm working with them to do several writing workshops. I think we have four lined up currently um, and hopefully some more that we'll, we'll get planned. But right now, our next one is February 3rd and that is on Appalachian literature. And the ones that I'm teaching are gonna be at the Lebanon Center behind Wendy's there off Main Street. Okay. Um, and just they're $10 to register. So you, you come in and I provide you with some notebooks and we do some prompts. We talk about the different forms of literature, uh, whichever class that you come into. Uh, like I said, February 3rd is Appalachian literature. March 3rd is horror. April 7th is currently set to be fantasy literature, and then May 5th will be a character development course. Okay. So that's just a, a little two-hour workshop. You can come in, and anyone who can't make it, uh, if you let us know that you want to do Zoom, we can set up a Zoom course for it, too, okay. and just kind of uh, enjoy the, the multiple bits of culture and, and vast amount of creativity that we have available to us here in the mountains. Now, are you going to be doing any other um, seminars or workshops uh, scheduled this year? Um, I'm still working on my schedule. I'm hoping to hit a lot of festivals and hopefully we'll maybe set up some uh, different events. But right now, we're, I think the thing that's slowing everyone down right now is um, seeing tax season start and the possibility of other variants. We don't know if anyone can do live events, but I'm hopeful that we'll get plenty set up, but I do have an events page on my website that I try to keep updated at least every couple of weeks just to see when I do have something scheduled. Yeah. I am kind of pleased though, toward the end of last year and then early since it's, it's only January, but um, with the Appalachian Authors Guild, we've seen more writers start to come out. Like there were some that came out during the summer months, during the last summer, that maybe during the colder months when cold and flu season that maybe didn't show up but um but we have the the zoom open for that too so people can certainly zoom in and, and uh be a part of what we're doing if they need to on the certain dates so yeah, yeah that's hoping i can try to get some tuesday afternoons open that i can jump in there too but with my students some days there are uh, a whole classroom full of kids there that i'm teaching too so i don't always have the ability to jump right in but now you really were you were at the library. You were working there at the library. Um, but did, now you took a teaching job? Yes. Yeah. I'm teaching high school English there in Russell County now. Okay. Okay. All right. Because, yeah, I, I knew at one point, I, I knew you'd change jobs, but I, I didn't know where to because I knew you were at the library uh, in Bristol for a while, which uh, I, you with the love of books is probably like a kid in a candy store. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've worked, uh, worked at Southwest the library at Southwest and the library at Mountain Empire and then Bristol Public Library. So 
all of the uh, library work that I can get. I absolutely love it. But teaching, of course, is just a dream come true, getting to talk about literature day in, day out. <laughs> now, for those of you that are listening and, and, uh, and missed the part, maybe to get a chance to jot down the, uh, the activities that he's doing there, the courses, uh, seminars in uh, Lebanon, if you go to the Facebook page for the foundation, it's facebook.com forward slash support Appalachia. We'll have the link underneath the, the link for this. It'll be in the comments section. So if you want that link, you can go there. We'll post that up for you too. So make sure you register for those. They're only $10. And uh, is there a maximum number of people that, that they can fit in? Or? I don't think so. We have uh, the nights that I have selected, we pretty much have the run of the Lebanon Center. So if we outgrow one classroom, we can jump into another. So we are pretty much wide open to my knowledge. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, folks, uh, go ahead and register for that and you know, make sure you get in and get a seat. You know, so um, now I did want to, you got one more thing I noticed from your website that you're, you're, uh, you're relaunching. And I, th I love the title of this. I love doing podcasts because it's like having your own little radio show and just a conversation with whoever's listening, but you are putting one out called the modern Prometheus. Now, when is, when, when is that? And what's, what's the theme of this show? Tell us a little bit about your podcast coming up. So uh, I've tried to get the modern Prometheus off the ground for uh, a little while now, and I have so many differing ideas on what I can do with it, because I do love literature, and uh, I've actually had several conversations with uh, Dacre Stoker, uh, Bram Stoker's great-grandnephew, who wrote the sequel to Dracula, Dracul, a couple years ago. Um, I've got probably two, three hours of interviews with him that I intend on putting up on my podcast, and I want to talk about our local legends. So um, I guess my biggest issue there is is honing down a, a recurring theme. Um, but I do want to talk a lot about literature with that and some just kind of life issues. Uh, kind of what I do with my blog on the website as well. Just talk a lot about the arts and what I've got going on and different things that I've noticed in the region that are fun. Uh, so I guess once I've really narrowed down my episodes or maybe I can do, um, you know, one theme a week and kind of bounce those around will be uh, once I can get a real schedule going with that. But I'm, I'm yeah. hopeful that I can get my software back up and running after the move. And uh, well, since we, we moved here, I haven't really recorded anything, but once I can get some stuff recorded, I'll hopefully throw a few more episodes out and just kind of see what people enjoy about it. Yeah, and it's it's kind of tough trying to get your feel. Now, we're year two into our podcast. I'm really excited. Um, I think we're probably 60-some episodes in with Appalachian Shine. And right. one, of the, one of the things I thought was so, uh, I guess so, and this is just kind of like backroom talk with the with listeners here listening, but, you know, it's I look at it like a conversation with people who are listening. And we all kind of share this passion, but I had no idea how difficult it was going to be one to find time to record because having a day job, you know, if you have a family or married or whatever, you know, you have kids, it's like, you're not doing it every Tuesday night at seven o'clock. You know, you're just not, no matter how much you want to do. You know, and, and scheduling guests and then having them reschedule and, and then finding other topics. Like you may have talked the same theme for a month but then you want to find something different and and then sometimes that brain fog gets in, it's like well what am I going to talk about next week or who can we have on 
and it, and there's so many challenges into actually having a podcast. I had I had no idea when I started that I was shooting from the hip. I still am, but I had no right. no idea. And I'm just thankful that when people listen, that we have a you know audience that uh, we get you know, a certain number of listeners. I can see how many downloads we have, but I don't I don't know how many that once it translates over to like people's iPhones and Androids and all those platforms where it goes out to. Because uh, it's because uh, with Prometheus, um, I'm not sure who your hosting is going to be, but you can you can sign up to have it actually go out. So far, with this one, we use Podbean, and uh, we're on iTunes, uh, Google Play, Amazon, uh, uh, iHeartRadio, uh, Spotify, like just a bunch. And so I have no idea how many. I may see that we have like 30 downloads and we, we may have had 3000 for all I know. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's awesome. So the thing is, you know, you never, you never really know what, what how, whether you're generating success or not, but you have so many good conversations or the show like Prometheus coming out. It's, there's no shortage of talented quality writers around here to talk about so many broad range of topics from local politics, politics and leadership, culture, history, you name it, you're wide open with a with a show like yeah, that. That's why that that title really called to me is because, of course, as a, a huge fan of the Gothic, I, I saw everything that Mary Shelley intended with the modern Prometheus or Frankenstein, and I kind of wanted to to pull that into the 21st century and make that my own. So, um, I guess with a title like the modern Prometheus, it it leaves me wide open to do pretty much anything with that podcast and then push it in any in any direction i want to so well, i think that uh, that works for me <laughs> well good luck with the show and, and come back on and let us know how that's working and how, how it's going for you on that show and uh, with whatever you're working on next um for anybody that wants to look up your books or follow you what can they find you on social media and online Sure. Um, so I am on pretty much every form of social media that is kind of commonly used for my author page on Facebook. It's just facebook.com slash D Matthews books and Matthews is with one T uh, for uh, Twitter. It's just uh, at Damian Matthews Instagram. I am Mr. Author 91. And I think it's the same for TikTok. I do TikTok as well. Okay. Um, and my website is just my name, uh, DamianFused.com. And I okay. am uh, not as active as I can be some weeks with uh, SOLs coming up. But once we get uh, everything smoothed over, we'll have a lot of blogs coming out, maybe even some, some more podcast ideas coming up, and hopefully plenty of new books coming out. Well, in the meantime, they can find all your works on Amazon. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm... Uh, 100% on Amazon, and I'm in a few local stores. If you're in the, the Wise County region, I am in Appalachian Books on Main Street in Norton. Okay. Um, if you're in Washington County, I'm at the Abingdon General Store and at Petrichor Gifts in Abingdon. All right. Well, Damian, thanks again for coming on and doing the show. really appreciate this, and uh, we yeah, look man. forward to uh, having you back on. Uh, go to Amazon.com, pick up one of his books, folks, and see what you think. Uh, and by the way, when you do that, for all of us local authors, we're not we're not Stephen King sellers. You know, we don't we don't have that kind of a broad audience. If you read a book by one of the Appalachian authors, make sure you go back to Amazon.com, leave a ranking and a comment. You have no idea how much those help us out. So even if you do a, a ranking and a comment, that means that somebody else it might show up for somebody else as a recommended book. 
if they liked something similar. So, so help all the local authors out that you can. And uh, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in to Appalachian Shine. Thank you, Damien. We'll talk to you again soon. And we will see you folks on down the road.